I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. We are going to change it up just a little bit tonight. I'm enjoying the Books of the Kings, but I wanted to take an opportunity here, it being the first day of the month, to read the first proverb. One thing that's cool about the proverbs, you know how many of them there are? 31. That's right. You could read one every day of the month. You know who wrote the proverbs? Solomon. That's right. Solomon, and Solomon was known for his wisdom. The first few chapters are Solomon's fatherly advice to young people. That's good, fatherly advice to young people. What could fit better into bedtime Bible boys? So this is Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables the sayings and riddles of the wise. Okay, cool. That was the first little section. I think of all the ringers there that I want to highlight, it would be, let the wise listen and add to their learning. This is an interesting concept that I think most people who are smart, they do an awful lot of talking. About their subject. But notice here it says the wise listen. It doesn't even matter if you're in a hierarchy and you're above somebody, you can still learn from those below you. Brock is in third grade, Trey is in fourth. But you know what? There are things that Brock can teach Trey. Right? Yes. So if you're wise, if you truly have wisdom, it says listen so that you can add to your learning. If you are wise, you'll listen. You'll spend a lot of time listening. Doesn't mean that you'll necessarily accept everything that you hear, but that you'll spend a lot of time listening. Does that make sense? And then it piggies that by saying, and as they discern, give them guidance. Let the spirit give them guidance. So listen, listen to what you hear. Consider it. And then ask the Spirit for guidance. Does that make sense? 
Yes. What's something you have learned before by listening? So remember when we watched Answers from Genesis? Mm-hmm. And how they said that humans are not related or came from the evolution of chimps? Mm-hmm. Even though scientists say that's true? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. I learned that from... No, that's a, that's a good point. And you're right. You know, there's a lot of people who... That's what they believe. You know, you look at chimps and you look at humans and you say, wow, I mean, they've got two arms, two legs, they walk upright. But fur. They're, fur. They're right. Well, given time, they say, they come up with reasons. Okay? There's still some serious genetic issues. If you remember, I think you watched a... a deal on that one time where they were talking about the actual DNA structure of... How, like, chromosome something and something in a human mm-hmm. looks like chromosome something in a chimpanzee. Just because they look similar doesn't mean they are... That that doesn't mean they share most of the DNA with chimps. That's right. And they were talking about the telomeres, the ends of the DNA, and the fact that the structures were actually quite different. But, um, that the missing the missing pieces in between the chimpanzee and the human actually didn't complement one another. But you're right, some people believe that. And you know what? That's okay. Hey, Mm -hmm. get ready for people to disagree with you in life. Because that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, okay? Here's what I know. We can argue about science. We can argue about how the rocks were formed how there are geological features which show that the earth has to be really, really old. And they, you know, people can, you can look at certain chimpanzees and say, wow, yeah, I could see that a human over time. But you know what? When Solomon talks about these issues of the heart, it's so undeniable. It's so undeniable that you just know there is something going on inside of me spiritually that is not going on inside of a chimpanzee. We worship the Lord. That's right. And, and they don't. They, they just have no idea. And that's okay. They were created that way. You know? The Lord didn't create them to have a relationship with Him. But He gave us a spirit. Now, did His creative nature make similarities between certain species? Yes. Does evolution exist? Yes. If it's advantageous for one species to have a long beak, then over time, their beaks will get longer. And maybe they'll adapt other features, right? That's a true thing. I've got no problem with that. But clearly, human beings have a spirit. We have something inside of us that guides ethical behavior from non-ethical behavior. We have something inside of us that hungers to know why we're here and what our purpose is, right? It's something that's very, very distinct from any animal. Animals don't care about that stuff, do not care whatsoever. They're not wondering what happens to them when they die. It doesn't matter to them. So you're right, absolutely right. That's a good example. We'll continue on in verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Here's one thing about the New International Version. Actually, I wanted to talk about this because we talked about this last night. I did a little study. Because remember, I was confused last night because it was saying that David was 
upright or he followed all the Lord's commandments except for in the case of Uriah the Hittite. Yeah. And it confused me because I was like, that's not true. You know, David had other sin in his life. There was other sin in David's life. We read about it. I was reading today that the word, okay, this is the problem. The Hebrew word, the Hebrew, sorry, the Hebrew phrase that was used in that part of the scripture when it said David did not violate the Lord's commandments, it's used in other parts of the scripture and in other parts the translation into English that they use is turn aside. Instead of saying David was perfect in all he did or David perfectly or David did not have any sin or David followed all of the Lord's commandments. Instead, the way they usually translate the Hebrew words that are written there in the original Bible is turn aside. And that means something a lot different. If you say David did not turn aside from what the Lord had told him. You know, you can violate what somebody tells you to do. You can you can mess up and do the other thing. But turning away is different. Turning away is like saying, not only am I going to violate what you tell me, I'm just not even going to acknowledge that what you told me is the truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, in gymnastics terms, it would be like, violating is bending your legs, right? Mm-hmm. And then turning away would be like saying, I'm going to bend my legs because I think it's the right thing to do. But on the other hand, you could just bend your legs and be like, no, 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 I want to keep my legs straight. I just messed up. And do you see that it's different? It's different to accidentally mess up than it is to like turn away and say, no, that rule's stupid. So the word, the way it should be translated is that David, almost as if David didn't look at anything that the Lord had said, and say, you know what, I'm not going to pay attention to that because that's stupid. He never did that. He never turned away. He never turned aside from what the Lord said. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not the same thing as never sinning. Right. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense because it's how we are today. Like, we sin and we struggle with sin. If the Spirit is in us, we don't want to be there. We don't want to keep doing that. We don't think those things are good. We look back and it's like, doggone it. I didn't want to be rude like that. I didn't want to misbehave like that. I didn't I didn't want to use my body in that way. I didn't want to do those things. I know they're not good. Right? Mm-hmm. But turning aside, I'll let you talk. Turning aside would be like saying, no, I want to do those things. The Lord's wrong. I, I should be using my body that way or I, I should be treating that person like that. The Lord's just wrong. That's turning aside. Go ahead. So, um, I like, yeah, I like the turn aside better, because in the Bible we read, it says, like, you know how it says, like, he kept all the commandments and stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. He, like, I wonder why that would even be, why that would be in a book that literally writes that, like, explains that he didn't keep all the commandments. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. That's right. That's right. Perfectly said, Trey. That's the problem. When somebody look, when somebody tries to translate this Bible, like this is translated into the New International Version, somebody 
a group of people at some point in time took the original words that were written in Hebrew, the language that the Israelites spoke, in the original writing, and they took it and they tried to translate it into English. But the problem is, the words aren't the same. We don't have exactly the same words. One example, the easiest example I can think of, this isn't uh, Aramaic, but it is um, Greek, love. When we use the word love, we only have one word, right? It's love. But in Greek... There's agape and other kinds of love. That's right. There's That's right. There's four words that all mean love, but they mean love differently. Agape being self-sacrificial, the strongest of loves. Phileo being brotherly love, like the way you two share a brotherly love, right? Um, eros, which is like a love that a husband would have for his wife. It's more of a romantic type of love, right? And the fourth one eludes me. But you get my point. It's very descriptive, where in English, it's just love. So when somebody takes the word agape in Greek and wants to put it in an English Bible, they have to decide, what words am I going to put there to describe what's what they're actually trying to say? Because we don't have the word agape. We don't have a descriptor like that. So we have to put in words around the word love to explain what they mean. And hopefully, we get it right. But this is why it's important that we have given our heart and our mind to the Spirit, because the Spirit will guide us in truth. Because whoever translated these words did not do it perfectly. God's Word is perfect, but the translation is not perfect. But still, the Spirit of the Word is perfect. So if the Spirit's in us, and the Spirit wrote this book, we can trust that we will gain wisdom and knowledge. Right? We will get the truth will come out of it. So I agree with you, though. That is a poor translation to say that he followed all of the Lord's commandments. No, he didn't turn aside from the Lord's commandments. Okay? Just like today, even though we mess up, we don't turn aside from it. We don't say, no, I didn't mess up. I always regret doing something wrong. That's right. We look at it and we say, no, God was right. I shouldn't have behaved that way. Now, that doesn't mean we're defeated. It just means we acknowledge we did wrong. And then we know we want to do better. It's really easy. It's not complicated. We will, we'll, we'll finish this up tomorrow. That all got started because I said the fear of the Lord. And I think when we think of fear of the Lord, here's what it is. Let's respect him. I can't say it any better. It's like how you respect the deep water in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You should respect God the same way. That's a good point. Who told you that? You did. <laughs> you respect it. It doesn't mean you hate it. It doesn't mean you're necessarily afraid of it. Just that you understand how important it is. That it has a lot of power, right? The ocean is there for our enjoyment, right? And we should be fully confident to go and explore it. Just understand and have respect for it. You can love it and have respect for it at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. What we don't want to read what I certainly don't want us to read is when we approach God, we're approaching somebody who's mad at us. You know, who's disappointed in us, who pretty much is disgusted with us. That's not what fear means. 
That's not what fear means at all in this context. It's honor and respect, right? You guys love me and you trust me, right? Yeah. And you know that if you come to me with something wrong in your life, I'm gonna give you honest feedback on it. Even if that feedback is hurtful, like to you or is harsh, I'm gonna give you honest feedback, right? You're gonna talk to me in ways you wouldn't, or you're gonna talk to your friends in ways you wouldn't talk to me. Is that because you're afraid of me? Not necessarily, it's because you respect me, right? And you know that I don't wanna be spoken to that way. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with my parents. I don't, if I'm with my friends, I don't necessarily use the same language I would use, like with my parents that I would use around them. I'm respectful, they're my parents. I'm their son. They don't they don't want to hear. I mean, I don't want to speak in bad tongue anyways, but I certainly don't want to speak in front of that in front of my parents. You know, they I want to honor them in front of, you know, they they're my parents. So it's the same way with the Lord. The honor and respect of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So we'll leave it there. Most of tonight wasn't it? We planned to read Proverbs 1, but instead we really just talked about the translations of the Bible and how it's important to understand what's being said. Maybe tomorrow we'll continue reading the rest of the Proverb 1. Maybe we'll go back to chapter 16, or maybe we'll talk about this same issue of translation error, and we'll talk about 1 John when it says that if you confess your sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you. The word confess that is used shows up like 150 times in the New Testament. It's a Greek word. And only one-third of the time is it actually translated as confess. Two-thirds of the time, it means something different. So if first one chapter 9, if you confess your sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive you. If that's ever given you a hard time because you feel like you have to confess to receive forgiveness then listen tomorrow night because I think there are some translation errors that might help us better understand the nature of how that verse relates to the heart of our Father. You guys good? Yeah. You look tired. We are. Me too. I love you boys. I love you too. You guys are good kids.